With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Number one, Ohio State playing at number 13, Michigan, and the Wolverines are keeping it close. Patterson in the gun, looking to throw, looking to throw, got time, throws down the middle, wide open receiver, touchdown, Michigan, DPJ. Michigan Wolverine Radio Network, Shea Patterson with the touchdown pass. He is 8 of 11, 127 yards, one t- touchdown but again Ohio State well they make their extra points and they lead the Wolverines 14-13 7.33 to play in the second quarter number 3 Clemson a 14-3 lead as they play at South Carolina Trevor Lawrence has two touchdown passes and they're early in the second quarter 14 minutes to go in the first half number 4 Georgia cruising in Atlanta they lead Georgia Tech 17-0 I'm Ralph Irvin we Oh, yeah, truly living the dream on a spectacular college football Saturday. Hartman and Hushmanzada, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, we got a lot of college football, big games going on right now. By the way, TJ, how's your uh, Thanksgiving weekend going so far? So far, so good. No complaints. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. We've had a lot of rain in SoCal. I mean, it. I, I drove I up it. on uh, Thursday morning uh, from San Diego up to L.A., and I hit Orange County, man. It was a monsoon. Yeah, it was bad. It started, it started Wednesday, a little bit Thursday, a lot yesterday. Yeah, it's been it's been. It's been a wet last few days, that's for sure. That's okay. We could use it. We definitely could use it here. But it's clear today, and we are all focused on college football. So over the next three hours, we're going to talk about some of the big games around the NFL. Of course, the Thanksgiving games are in the books. But right now, let's update you on the biggest game going on. That's Ohio State and Michigan. And TJ, the Buckeyes, leading this game 14-13. And the stats are as close as... 
as the score is, Michigan is definitely going toe-to-toe right now with the Buckeyes, and the Buckeyes are driving right now. Again, leaning 14-13, the difference, a missed extra point here. Uh, so far, J.K. Dobbins has been the big story for Ohio State. He has 82 yards on the ground and a touchdown. But are you surprised that Michigan is going toe-to-toe today with Ohio State? Yeah, I am surprised. If Ohio State is supposed to be the best team in college football, and from what I've been hearing the last couple weeks, quite arguably one of the best teams ever, and a Michigan team that got destroyed by Wisconsin, it's a shocker. It is. I I tell you what, Michigan has a great game plan. This is such a critical game for Harbaugh. The line in this game, Ohio State, uh, 9-10 point favorite on the road in the big house. Uh, But early on, a trick play led to Michigan's first touchdown. And, you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh right now, you got to do, even if you don't win this game, you got to look competitive in this game. This losing, losing, losing over the years, no chip, no trips to the Big Ten championship game. No, they have to win. You can't no moral victories. Like Harbaugh, I will. He, he's a great coach, but there's no moral victory. Oh, we played them close. No, no moral victories. Either we win or we lose. That that's pretty much it. All right. So Ohio State is inside the ten yard line right now, and they are facing a third down. Already leading this game 14-13. My pick of the day, by the way, and yes, I lost my pick last week after an 11-0 start. My humiliating Maryland plus six against Nebraska. Uh, if you're going to lose, lose big. And boy, did I lose big last week. Uh, but I'm taking Clemson today. They're a 27-point favorite on the road against South Carolina, which obviously is a big number. But my feeling here is that Clemson needs to not just win, but they need to get style points, TJ, as they, you know, they, they're sitting in the three slot right now. Maybe an LSU stumbles or Ohio State doesn't look good. They're trying to move up as far as the playoff rankings are concerned against inferior opposition in the ACC. So if they get a chance to pour it on, I think they are going to try that, even at South Carolina. Right now, Clemson leading this game 14-3. to when, when we look at Clemson, and obviously you're very familiar with that LSU team, almost your home team these days, uh, and you've seen plenty of Ohio State, since the the one-point victory against North Carolina. It's been all blowouts for Clemson. How much is that Clemson getting better as opposed to how much is that just inferior opposition in the ACC? It's so hard to get a gauge on Clemson. It's like you said, early in the year, very pedestrian, and people will say, oh, they know they're going to beat everybody. Uh, their conference isn't that great. And so you just don't know. how if, if they're a really good team, you would assume having a lot of guys come back from last year and a year previous where they pretty much dominated college football, you you just really don't know how good they are. I mean, for me, the best two teams are Ohio State and LSU, but I'm going to have a LSU number one. I don't know how you lose a game and drop the two, but the people that's in that room assume they know more football than everybody else. <laughs> well, we'll repeat this again and again. The idea of the playoff is fine. It gives you, you know, a couple extra games to see elite teams go head to head. But ultimately, it's not really a playoff. It's a made for TV event. And what they're going to do is manipulate the playoff rankings to give them the optimum, you know, teams as far as semifinal matchups are concerned. So if you get LSU taking on Clemson in a semi, 
and then you have the potential of Ohio State, Alabama, and I say Alabama over Utah. We're going to get into a lot of different playoff scenarios. But look, folks, we got this week. Alabama better beat Auburn today. Well, not, they not only have to beat Auburn, they have to beat them big. I don't know. Not with that defense. That Auburn, man, I you don't know, know Auburn their names. You know Auburn hasn't given up more than 24 points in a game. They only gave up 23 to LSU. So you can't, you can't beat them big. Then. I don't know the names, but I know number three and number five up front from Auburn. I know those two dudes. I mean, Mac Jones, think about this. The two games he played was the Arkansas game, the worst team in the SEC, and Western Carolina. Those are the two defenses he's seen. He ain't seen a defense like Auburn. Again, Auburn hasn't given up more than 24 points in a game this year. They only gave up 23 to LSU. I would agree with it. If Alabama does win big, though, it very much keeps them in the conversation as far as spot in the Final Four. Yeah, it would be interesting. I. It's hard to say because when their loss is, in my opinion, to the best team right now in college football, they're not the most complete LSU, but their offense is, from what it's looked, pretty much been unstoppable. Um, Dobbins just scored again. So uh, J.K. Dobbins has scored for LSU, extending their lead to uh, 20 to 14 there. Dobbins is off to a good start right now. By the way, a little bit later on, I'm going to give you an update on my Heisman Trophy standings. My vote will be entered a week from tomorrow, TJ. I mean, next week is the conference championship games. The vote is due Monday. I always vote the Sunday after. Um, you know, give me a day to sort of settle in and put down my final three ballot. Uh, once I do that, by the way, I can't reveal my ballot for the entire week anywhere publicly. I mean, they really crack down on that. Really? Well, did I ever tell you what happened to me a couple of years ago? Don't so want to lose that vote. <laughs> well, here's what happened. So in 2011, I had the vote, and that was year Matt Barkley had uh, the big year junior for USC. Uh, remember, they finished strong. They were yeah. on probation. They beat UCLA 50 to nothing. And Barkley had a big year. And I didn't have him on my final ballot. I mean, he was close. If I could have gone four or five, he would there. But it's only top three. He didn't make it. And I'm getting all this crap from USC fans. Oh, you're a UCLA guy. And I was like, no. I mean, I only got three spots in the ballot. He didn't crack my top three. So the following year, Marquise Lee had a big year for USC. Mm -hmm. He had a fourth in the Heisman, and I actually had him third. I actually put him on my ballot at number three. I didn't reveal it, but somebody tweeted me saying, oh, I bet you screwed over Marquise Lee just like you did Matt Barkley. And I just responded to him. I said, well, I got news for you. Lee made my ballot. I didn't think it was a, a Twitter response. Couple of months later. I get a formal letter from the Heisman Trust with a photocopy of my response to this guy and threatening to take my Heisman vote away by publicly stating that I had voted for someone during that week between the votes due and the announcement of the award. Are you serious? Yeah, it was unreal. And I, I I wrote a formal letter. Apologizing, uh, how important the vote was to me, you. and everything. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because the guy I wrote wow. it to, I've seen a couple times since he laughs about it. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're a big stickler on that. So once I make my vote, I'll wait the week, and then after the vote, I will tell you who I, my final ballot was. But we'll oh, have you have to wait until it's announced, right? From the di- from, okay. as we do every week, having okay. me do my my updated top three every week is fine until the votes are due. And that one week, I've got to be sort of like you know. 
can't say anything during that week. All right, we've got a lot of games going on right now. Clemson again leading South Carolina fourteen to three. Man, that we sure got was four a nice minutes ago in the uh, in the half, and Clemson is at. That is a Northwestern just had one of the weirder catches I've ever seen. All right, Clemson wow. is down to the 14-yard line of South Carolina looking to extend their lead and uh of course uh, Gavin even though I lost last week still riding my 11 and 1 oh, yeah. record. Yeah. 11 and 1. I I don't doubt you. All right, no. you don't. Well, you should. Should have hopped on a bandwagon earlier, G. <laughs> yeah. Real early on. Yeah. Real early. On. All right. Um, we got a couple of playoff scenarios we're going to get to. I mean, we got this week up next week and then we're going to find out which teams end up in the playoff from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios coming up next. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter make this a summer to share and save with a capable kia suv or powerful sedan see your local kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more kia movement that inspires call 800-334-KIA for details always drive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824 do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, you know what time of the year it is. Thanksgiving is coming on, and we are full-blown into your holiday music favorites. Here we are. Steve Hartman, TJ Hushmanzada on this big college football Saturday. Clemson has scored to extend their lead to 21-3 over South Carolina, but the big story in our absence was Michigan, a blown opportunity. Michigan, by the way, has been going up and down a field against this uh, top-rated scoring defense uh, for Ohio State. In fact, Shea Patterson has 188 yards passing, but he just butchered a snap from center, fumbled the ball inside the 20-yard line. Ohio State recovers, so Ohio State takes over. Six and a half minutes to go in the first half, leading this game by a score of 21-13. to 13. All right, here's the uh, most 
updated touchdown from the Buckeyes. Justin Fields in the shotgun. Gets the snap. Hands to Dobbins. Tries to get around the right corner. Gets to the five and bulldozes his way into the end zone for a six-yard touchdown run. J.K. Dobbins. It's uh, Paul Keels from Learfield IMG College. J.K. Dobbins, big first half, 14 carries, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. All right, T.J., a lot of different scenarios can play out over the next couple of weeks before the dust settles and they decide which four teams are going to get the invites to the playoffs. Let me play one scenario for you. You you mentioned Utah, and you know I, you and I are both Pac-12 guys. You out of Oregon State, me out of UCLA. So we're... We're hoping that the Pac-12 can find their way in. I think Utah is deserving. If Utah wins out, they beat Colorado today, and then, of course, we'll play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, just for the record, Utah's covered the spread seven straight weeks, so they are they are rolling right now. But what about this scenario, TJ? How do you think this will work? So LSU plays Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Georgia wins. Now you have a one-loss LSU team losing the SEC championship versus a one-loss Utah team winning the Pac-12 championship. Which which way will they go? Oh, if that happens, it's Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. And Clemson, yeah. It ha- I mean LSU to me has played the best schedule and beaten the best teams. Uh, they have to be in. I I believe Ohio State and LSU can both lose a game and they'll get in as the four seed, but they they deserve to be in just because of what they've done in their body of work. When you look at the schedule they play, the teams that they'll play in their conference championships, as opposed to a team, say Clemson, they're going to play Virginia in their conference championship. Virginia's not even a top 25 ranked team. And, and so, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it does, uh, they deserve to get in. It's interesting that this playoff rankings still has Alabama ranked ahead of Utah. I mean, they don't have Tua Tungavailoa. We mentioned the fact that Mac Jones, their backup quarterbacks, only started two games against the worst team in the SEC, Arkansas, and then, of course, Western Carolina, uh, as we head into Auburn. I mean, look, we'll see what Alabama does today in the Iron Bowl, but... I'm telling you right now, the Pac-12, if they get screwed out of a spot, if they were to pick, see, again, everything's about made for TV, right? If Alabama beats Auburn today and they stay ahead of Utah, even if Utah beats Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game to set up, by the way, an Ohio State-Alabama semi, then you know this whole playoff is a charade, and it's little more than a let's get as many eyeballs on sets as possible because obviously Alabama is going to warrant a lot more eyeballs than Utah going against Ohio State. 100% it would be unfair, but life isn't fair. Right. And, and when you look, Alabama, they don't have any you, – you look at their schedule, who's their best win? Texas A&M. Who's there in Texas A&M is a team that's not ranked in the top 25. So if you look at Utah's schedule, you look at Alabama's schedule, if Utah beats Oregon, they would have beaten a top 15 ranked team, mm-hmm. which Alabama wasn't able to do the entire season. So from my, in my opinion, I just don't see that uh, being the case. If Utah wins down the stretch, 
they're getting in the college football playoff because their best win is better than Alabama's best win. I don't care if you believe Alabama's a better team, not with a backup quarterback. That's that's a game to watch again, the Alabama-Auburn game. The Iron Bowl, this Auburn team we mentioned hasn't given up more than 24 points in any game. You could argue their defense is as good, if not better, than any other team in the country. Problem for Auburn this year is their freshman quarterback. I mean, he's all over the map. I mean, he's had moments, but Nix is not exactly a kid that is a polished product yet, and he hasn't shown that he can put up huge numbers against quality teams. So that is that is going to be an incredible game. Ohio State, by the way, with the ball up 21-13. we got four minutes to go on the half right now. Um, as I mentioned a little bit later on, uh, we talk about the Heisman. Justin Fields has had an unreal year this year uh, with his – Touchdown pass today. He has 34 touchdown passes and one interception. He's, 34 he's to 1. He's been very good. And just think, he was at Georgia as a backup. Wow. Yes. Wow. All right. So what we have going on right now? We're, we're here with Gavin. Jump on. Georgia just turned over the ball. They're up 17-7 to 7 over Georgia Tech. Is this a game that you have uh, bet on yeah, today? Yeah, in fact, they were favored by more than Clemson was over South Carolina. Really? So, yeah, it was like a 28-29 But if you watch Georgia, they have a hard time scoring points. They're stout up front on both sides of the ball with the line. DeAndre Swift with the turnover. DeAndre Swift got a lot of hype, did he not? He runs hard. Man, he runs hard. He runs hard. Uh, today's off to a good start, but how about Jake Fromm today, 4-13? 4-13 passing what? for Jake Fromm, hey, and you let Justin Fields walk away. That wasn't a smart Uh-oh. That wasn't a smart decision. Oh, I was watching a highlight yeah, over JK there. I thought, Dobbins, I thought Dobbins was off to the races he's again. Been, he has been dominating he's been the this reason half. thus far in this game. Uh, but if you look at Justin Fields walking away from the Georgia program and you know igniting this Ohio State offense and Jake Fromm, who, who at times this year seems to have regressed for Georgia. Oh, it must have been a penalty on Michigan because it was just fourth down. It was fourth and five. Oh, missed that one. All right, so a first down for Ohio State sides. now nearing the midfield yeah. mark again, leading this game 21-13. to 13. Well, the, the, again, the bottom line on this playoff is that we don't really need a committee to decide the teams. That looks a long pass caught by Ohio State. Lousy defense down to the two-yard line. Michigan now gets – you feel like again – but, you know, we were at this point uh, last week against Penn State. You remember it looked like – that Penn State's defense had worn down. They were down 21 nothing to Ohio State. I think at that point, Ohio State was leading total yards like 330 to 64. Oh, Penn State was hanging in, hanging Dude, in. how many times is J.K. Dobbins going to score untouched? He's not even getting touched. Like, he literally, is. he's not even getting touched. Three touchdowns for Dobbins in this game. You know, going into this game, as far as All-American running backs are concerned, Dobbins, to me was third behind Chuba Hubbard and Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, who, by the way, is just, again, putting him. You know, he has more rushing yards in three years in college football than anyone in the history of college football. I did Jonathan not know Taylor, that. yeah. I mean, he's had <laughs> – I mean, you talk about a guy that's it's put some up some incredible numbers. some of Wisconsin numbers. running backs, man. Ron Dane, yeah. Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Now Jonathan – some about him. Brian Calhoun back in the day having some big days. Is that a pull for me? Yeah, John Clay. Oh, You, you want big Jonathan on. I, I, I thought he was just John Clay. He might be. 
<laughs> you know, All right, so 2813. James White. James White. James White. Unheralded. Yes. Unheralded. Yeah. Longer career, though, than Monte Ball in the NFL. Monte Ball scored 39 touchdowns one year. At he Wisconsin. was unbelievable. Unfortunately, yeah. off the field issues kind of plagued him. Yes, but I mean, if, I mean, and let's let's talk about their combined numbers in the NFL. I was going to say most of them have flopped. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gordon uh, probably was the best, at least for a couple of years, for your Chargers. By the way, we're going to get into your Chargers a little bit later on. He was I hear the your... best until he realized he was the best, and then he held out. Well, was he really yeah. the best? I mean, last year when he hey, missed guys, four games, gotta, they won all four you games. Gotta, he missed you got to give pay, man. You got to get no. Get I don't the money blame him. I don't blame him. Mm. You don't. He's, you blame he's his agent for turning down ten million dollars. I a year. blame the people he'll, in his head. Yeah, he'll get Around. that. He will. Yeah, I believe you he think will. on the open market he's going to get ten million. Yeah, short term deal, three to four years max. I wouldn't pay a running back longer than three to four years. Wow. You're more optimistic than I am for Melvin Gordon's prospects on the open market. I mean, it's, it, it, I'll put it this way. It's not exactly a great time to be a running back on the open market right now, considering the underperforming numbers of the David Johnsons and the Todd Gurleys and uh, Le'Veon Bells and all these other guys that sign these huge contracts. When you're on bad teams, number one, Todd Gurley, I, I, don't, know if he, I don't know if he's hurt. Pete. He doesn't have his burst. Number, the Rams' offensive line – they're not as offensively. They're just not as good as they were uh, the last couple years. So that that's going to affect it. Number one, David Johnson. I was always perplexed with his deal to begin with. He played great under Bruce Arians, and when they gave him that, that was a shocker to me. And now you're on the bench, and Kenyon Drake is playing ahead of you. Ten million. Ah. Who will make more on the free agent market this uh, offseason, Derek Henry or Melvin Gordon? Wow. That's a great question right that there. That is a great I question. I mean, Derek Henry, who a lot of people just didn't think he was going to be much of a factor in the NFL, it flipped last year, and he's had a great year this year. He's top five in the league in rushing. Um, Man, it's like Derrick Henry just gets all his yards against Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's crazy. But you have to say this about Derrick Henry. He would be a little more durable maybe than Melvin Gordon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, part, Man, of, it, part of it is, is just huge. guys. He is, he is a beast. I saw a photo recently He's huge. of him next to Deion Lewis, the backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a different. Oh, my gosh. Well, the last two games that he played in his Heisman year, I think in those two games, the game against Auburn and the SEC Championship, and what do you have, 90 carries in those two games? It was ridiculous. Dude is a big boy. Yeah, that's a great question. Who will get more? Wow. All right, you totally know different style of runners. You know who ask. might answer that question? I wonder who. Alex Marvez. There we go. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're going to have Marvez on the other side. But let's find out what's trending right now. We welcome a well-wrapped Ralph Irvin, who came in with the, I mean, you were in full gear today, Ralph. Just trying to look good, Steve. Wow, I mean, it looked good, but I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was that cold outside. Really, it's not that cold, but sometimes you know you, you take advantage of the weather. <laughs> yeah, you can always cool. take off. You can't add on. There you yeah, go. It layers, but he had multiple layers today. But Ralph Irvin. Yes, thanks. Uh, Rob, what's happening out there? Well, speaking of multiple layers, that sounds like the Ohio State offensive attack. Fields gets the snap, hands Dobbins, running left side, and he knifes into the end zone. 
five-yard touchdown run for J.K. Dobbins, his third TD of the first half. Paul Keels, Learfield IMG College with the call as Ohio State has a 28-13 lead over number 13 Michigan, 3.15 to play in the first half. As for J.K. Dobbins, 17 carries, 103 yards. He has the three touchdowns. And Justin Fields, he's not too bad. 200 yards passing and a touchdown already here in the first half. Meanwhile, they are at the break. And number three, Clemson, a 24-3 lead over South Carolina. Again, at the half, Trevor Lawrence having himself a day already. He has three touchdown passes, 232 yards in the air. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 3.33 to go in the first half in Atlanta. Number four, Georgia. A 17-7 lead at Georgia Tech. Again, the Bulldogs, number four in the country. Still to come, number five, Alabama at number 15, Auburn. And number eight, Minnesota hosting number 12, Wisconsin. As we send it back to Steve Hartman and TJ Hushmanzada. All right, Ralph. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Once again, our honor, our pleasure to introduce a man with serious XM NFL. He's also our Fox NFL insider. He is the voice of wrestling. He is Alex Marvez. Alex, how are you today? Hey, gentlemen, doing awfully well. I know we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's hit it. All right, let's hit it right now. By the way, question we had, this is so far off the map, but it was obsessed right now uh, with Gavin. Who has more value on the free agent market right now, Melvin Gordon or Derrick Henry? If they're both able to hit the market, I would think Derrick Henry probably. I mean, Melvin Gordon has gotten hot the past couple games. I believe he scored a touchdown, an average of a touchdown in each game since week eight. But, you know, honestly, Derrick Henry, could he can dominate a game. I mean, he is just he is a very special running back. See, it's interesting now for the Tennessee Titans because looking ahead, do they have to use a franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill? Do they think he's their answer at quarterback for at least 2020? By the way, since wow. he's in the starting lineup in week seven, no quarterback in the NFL has a higher passer rating. None. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, I could go down the list. He is at 114.3. He's 4-1 and one as a starter. He has added life to this Titans offense. He has done a really nice job. So if they, if they can't come to an agreement on a contract with him, well, then they can't use a franchise tag on, on Derrick Henry. One thing to note, by the way, when we're looking ahead to free agency, is that unless there's a new labor deal put in place, there will be a franchise tag and a transition tag available in the final mm. year of the labor deal. So you can put a transition tag, let's say, on Derrick Henry and match any offer that teams that you know signs him to elsewhere. Uh, you don't get compensation if he leaves, or you could do the same with, with Ryan Tannehill and say, "Come on and go get him, and we'll just match the offers." So just something to think about that's going to put a chill on free agency. And one of the reasons that the NFL Players Association has some interest in trying to get a deal done early because they realize the best players in the league probably won't hit the market. Quick question: Back to Melvin Gordon, does he get ten million dollars on an open market a year? Probably, yeah, because the salary cap keeps increasing. I think more than that. You know, he was look. I was told he was looking for Le'Veon Bell money, and the Chargers said, uh, "No thanks." <laughs> you know, they were willing to pay ten at one point. From what I understand, he thought he was worth more, so he decided to do his holdout, and he lost. You know, look, he, he lost three hundred thirty thousand dollars, and I know that's a lot of money in the real world, but in the football world, eh, not so much. TJ, you know, he can make that back 
on his next contract. And, and he's a real good running back, but I think Derrick Henry a better running back, you know, to be quite honest with you. But again, I just don't know if, if Henry's leaving. And you know in the way the Chargers do business, I wouldn't be surprised if they slap him with a transition tag as well because they didn't agree to anything, you know, when it came to Melvin Gordon, like to bring him back. They didn't say, oh, we won't franchise tag you, we won't transition tag you. You know, if you want to get paid, show up, and ultimately he did. So tomorrow, uh, Richard Ornberg and I will be sitting here on the National Network uh, doing the eight morning games, which is one of the games sort of thrown into the mix, you know, like a Redskins, Panthers, Bucks, Jaguars. Is this a 49ers Ravens game? I mean, you're like, the game. I mean, it's like, how is that just like one of eight morning games in the NFL? How is that not shifted to the Sunday night game? I mean, are we, I mean, we're talking about are, right now in our time and space. Are these the two best teams in the NFL? Uh, I see, look, best teams. I, I, let me put it like this: If anyone plays New England, I go with New England. Okay, uh, until, and I know Baltimore beat them, but the second time around, I think could be very different. But that being said, and remember, New England still has the better record. But it's hard to make an argument about these two teams being in the top three. I think we're there. The Ravens could become only the fourth team in the history of the NFL to score 40 or more points in four consecutive games. Think about how much they're dominating. I mean, they haven't. how many times have they punted this season? Like five? It's just ridiculous. And they all happen when RG3 is on the field late in the game. No one has any answers for what Greg Roman is doing on the offensive side of the football. The defense have been, has been outstanding since the acquisition of Marcus Peters. They lead the NFL in scoring defense ever since his arrival back in Week 7. So they've been fantastic. San Francisco, they lead the NFC in, in scoring defense themselves. Great pass rush, but how do they get used to all this funky stuff that the Ravens are running? You know, I mean, they, they got tight ends with wham blocks are all over the offensive line. Patrick Ricard at fullback, and then just when you're ready, you're preparing for the run, Lamar Jackson burns you with the pass. I mean, it's just people don't – Eric Weddle said it best. He didn't know half the time who had the football Monday night. He admitted it. I mean, think about that. And you're talking about a 10-year vet, one of the best safeties of his generation, doesn't know where the ball is. So I'm very curious to see if the 49ers can stop the Ravens. And by the way, after this, no rest for the wicked. San Francisco had to head to New Orleans in Week 14, another game that's going to go a long way toward determining the conference's top seed. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Steelers-Browns game. All right, so we got the rematch here. And the decision to go with Duck Hodges instead of Mason Rudolph, was this purely because of performance, because obviously Mason Rudolph has played lousy football, or was this just to avoid an incident? What what was in the thinking here for Mike Tomlin? No, Mason Rudolph's been bad. I mean, and Duck Hodges isn't afraid to pull the trigger. He's got the trust of his teammates. The guy's chilled. He left the locker room on Friday with a duck call. You know, and everyone just ate it up. I mean, he's really struck a good chord with these guys. And, you know, he was a really prolific player at a small school. And, you know, we've seen that from time to time in the NFL. Guy slips through the cracks in the draft, you know, playing against lesser competition, but is able to make it in the pros. And so far, Duck Hodges has provided the type of spark that the Steelers have needed on the offensive side of the football. They don't need a ton of points, usually, to win games because their defense is so darn good. But I think another element to all this going on with Freddie Kitchens, I'm not sure if you talked about this yet, but he wore a shirt, wearing a shirt that that Pittsburgh started it out in public and you know of course going counterculture to whatever message of discipline that he's preaching to his team right and we could all say it's all fun and games and tongue-in-cheek but you know what type of message do you send when you wear this out in public and i'm sure the nfl if things break down again and we get more chaos and, and more scraps and things like that are not going to be treat you're not going to treat freddie kitchens kind or give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to potential fines coming from this game see that's the prime example of a coach will say so much publicly, 
But privately, he will tell his team a completely different story that the the public just doesn't hear about. He tell we're going to keep this in a room. He wears that shirt. It's pretty much what he told his team in the meeting afterwards. What we did was uncalled for, but they started. And so, yeah, he just put his true feelings out there publicly. So with that being said, with them going to Pittsburgh tomorrow, is it possible that you can see the Cleveland Browns sneaking into the playoffs? Their toughest remaining opponent would be the Baltimore Ravens. Yep, coming up in Week 16, TJ, absolutely. They get the Bengals twice, and they got one other cupcake game coming up. So this is a huge game for Bengals the Bengals twice, uh, the Ravens, and then they, they play the Cardinals as well, Arizona Cardinals. Exactly. So this, this is a very winnable schedule. And they're, look, they're playing good football. Ever since they switched to more play-action passing, I mean, Baker Mayfield's numbers have shot up, and Baker's done a better job taking care of the football. So, I mean, I think, yeah, this is a very dangerous Browns team with the type of schedule they have left, no question about it. One thing that will be interesting tomorrow is the discipline that this team has, right? Uh, considering the shirt that Freddie Kitchens is wearing, is it wink, wink, nod, nod? You can commit whatever personal foul penalties you want, and, you know, shame on you, right? Uh, but privately, he doesn't care. That's something I think we're going to have to monitor. Also, Greg Robinson, starting left tackle. He is oot, as they would say in Canada. Just uh, declared out recently a few hours ago by the Cleveland Browns. So, backup left tackle playing against the Steelers pass rush that can really bring the heat. So, I think Pittsburgh, again, it, I think this could be a very low-scoring game. We might be looking at 2017, something like that. But the Browns win. Watch out, man. They may, they may be on a bigger roll. It'll be four in a row for them. All right. We saved the best for last. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> laying an egg at home against the Buffalo Bills. And and by the way, if you look at the numbers of uh, Buffalo's young quarterback and what he's been doing over the last few weeks, what he has one interception, I think, in the yep. last uh, four or five games. So he is he's really playing well. But let's Let's look at the scenario. He's made it clear he's not going to fire Jason Garrett with four games to go, and obviously they still lead the NFC East. So what do you think is the game plan? What's going through the mind of Jerry Jones as far as his game plan for 2020? Uh, Jason Witten is head coach. Uh, I mean, really, and some people have posited that. And Jason, legitimately, when Clay Travis reported this on Fox, and a lot of folks thought he was crazy, but he, Jason Witten was legitimately under consideration by the University of Tennessee to fill their head coaching vacancy a couple years ago. You know, everyone talked, but it just, you know, Jason still had a lot of NFL football left to play, and it didn't happen. But he is someone who is held in such high regard by the Jones family. I'm not joking. He could be a consideration. There's also some thought that, you know, no Kelly way. Moore, they want to keep him as offensive coordinator so you would hire a coach that may be on the defensive side of the football whoever is head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next and I'm assuming that the Cowboys aren't going to make the Super Bowl like I predicted or even an NFC title game unless something radically changes but whoever it is unless Jerry Jones is willing to change his structure you've got a head coach who's got to deal with with an owner who holds a news conference after a game the same time as you you got to deal with an owner who's going to tell the media things about your team that you're going to want to keep in house you're going to have to deal maybe with him offering his advice on how he wants things run on Sundays I mean it's not an easy job and it's one of the reasons Jason Garrett's been able to hold it now for about a decade yeah he started in 2010 and he survived for a decade you know doing this one of the reasons Jerry's so reticent to fire him because Quite honestly, he does what Jerry wants. Jerry's just hoping that he can win, but it's just gotten to a point now the Cowboys aren't winning. Looks like it's time for a change. So how do you feel on a a day when your uh, Gators are taking on the Seminoles? I I mean, how is that matchup for you in your uh, Florida lifestyle? Oh, no. I mean, listen, to me, Florida State is our number one enemy. I mean, there's no question about it, and I am very happy to kick this team while they're down. 
and that is going to be happening hopefully at 7.30 Eastern time tonight. I'm planning to make my way over to the swamp <laughs> and uh, enjoy the festivities. Last home game of the year. It's going to be a nice crisp night. Uh, temperatures in the mid-60s. And, uh, you know, Florida, again, no SEC championship game. That hurts. But looking like, a, you know, if we're able to win tonight, get one of those uh, whatever top six bowl games, whatever. Yeah. New Year's six. A New Year's yeah. six. We'll probably end up in the Cotton Bowl against Memphis or something. But nonetheless, you know, great season for the Gators. Love to put the cap on it tonight by just keeping Florida State down while we still can. Alex, uh, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Continued uh, thoughts about you and all the help you've given us throughout the season. Of course, next week, we're going to have like, you know, I don't know, like final weekend of the college football season, more NFL football. The great news, it only gets better every single week, Alex. I know. I'm so fired up. Gentlemen, it's such an honor to talk with you. Steve, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, TJ. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you. Same, Alex Marvez joins us right there. Sirius XM NFL Insider, Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. All right. We've hit halftime in the Ohio State-Michigan game. We're going to update you on that. And as we sit in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, we're going to continue to update you on the other huge games on this college football Saturday. Coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Low snap, Lawrence comes up with it, steps up in the pocket, looks, throws, got Ross open, did he grab it? He grabs it, but it's out of bounds, didn't get a foot down. The receiver's right foot came down inbounds in the end zone, and he maintained possession of the ball. It's a catch, and there's all the play, it's a touchdown. So it goes as a touchdown to Ross. That's Don Munson right there via Tigers Radio Network. Clemson leading South Carolina 24-3 at the half. Trevor Lawrence, first half, not bad. 18-24, 232 yards and three touchdowns. So Clemson, 27-point favorite today. It was my pick of the day. They're in pretty good shape, up 21 at the half. All right, so we are at halftime at several of the big games. Ohio State leading Michigan 28 to 16 in this game. Justin Fields, 8 of 16, not great, but with 200 yards passing and a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins, the story here, TJ, 17 carries, 103 yards and three touchdowns. But how about Shea Patterson? 250 yards passing in the first half against Ohio State. I could do quick math. He's on his way to a 500 yard passing day against Ohio State. I don't think that will happen. But I 
wonder will Ohio State drop now because their defense isn't as stout as it's been all season. Will they drop? Will well, they drop again, the two now? When you look at this game, uh, Michigan yards. couldn't put a point up against Wisconsin. How about Michigan has 285 yards of offense and a half against Ohio State? They're out playing Ohio State. They're just losing. Yeah, well, the turn they had the turnover, which was the backbreaker for Michigan. It was a fumble by Shea Patterson inside the 20-yard line of Ohio State. Uh, maybe it'd be a 28-23 game instead of a 28-16 game. Well, they're not out playing them. They're game. playing them on even terms right now, which is which which is unexpected. I know some people thought Michigan could win because they were playing at home. I wasn't one of those people, but it. It's been a surprisingly very competitive game. All right, let's talk about your, and I say your, like I know you're an Oregon State diehard. By the way, uh, your thoughts on the Civil War today, what's going to happen? Can the uh, Beavers hang in there against uh, a a smarting Oregon team after that disastrous loss to Arizona State? That's the hard part about it. Uh, When you lose the type of game that Oregon lost to Arizona State, it's going to either go two ways. They're going to come out today and say, oh, we have no chance of making a college football playoff. We really don't care. And it will be a very competitive game. Or they're pissed off about it Mm -hmm. and they want to take it out on Oregon State. It's going to be a blowout or we're going to make this a very, very competitive game. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Last Sunday, Rich wasn't here. Rich Hornberger normally does the Sunday show with me. You know who was here? George Reister was here. No, did you ask him about the story? Oh, no, no. He volunteered the story. Now, George is, yeah, all right, so we want an update. So he was uh, a year or two behind you. So like yes. he was like a freshman, and you were obviously a junior or senior at Oregon State. Yes. He obviously was at Oregon. Yes. You were at an eating establishment? If I'm not mistaken, I remember like it was yesterday. All right. It was where at Red Robin. Okay, so you're at a Red Robin, and yes. what, what does this young guy do? What what happened? He, it was him and another player. I don't know who the other player was. Right. He sent a note over with our waitress, and I opened a note up, and I'm like, who the F is this? So I'm, I already got a bad attitude, so I'm pissed off. So my daughter was just born, and so she's in the, <laughs> she's in the car seat. I tell my girlfriend, who's my wife at the time, y'all go to the car. So they go to the car. I'm like, I'm going I'm to run up on them. And they they just going to have to whip me. And they're both just laughing. They're both laughing. So it kind of it kind of calmed it down. It wasn't confrontational at all. I remember George just laughing and smiling. Right. And uh, yeah, that's what I remember about it. What did he say? Well, he said that when you're 18, 19 years old, you do stupid things. Uh, I didn't think it he... was stupid. It was actually pretty funny because yeah. when I, I walked over there expecting confrontation and I got a bunch of smiles, and so immediately that kind of toned it down a little bit. But I do not remember the other guy. But, yeah, my my girlfriend at the time was like, what is, what's going to happen? I'm like, well, you got to go to the car. If they with me, you just can't be around for this. It was interesting, though, because he did not recall, because we were talking about that 2000 game between Oregon and Oregon State back when the Civil War really mattered. Um, we, I, I, we, we, You thought that Oregon was – undefeated at that time and they were ranked number five they had lost and i looked it up and i'm like did they lose a game that year so i'm looking it up right now and the matter is is that oregon did lose an early game at wisconsin okay so they weren't undefeated you were both one lost teams they were ranked fifth you were ranked eighth all right much more on this college football saturday coming up next
They are at the half at the big house, and so far, Ohio State is looking like the number one team in the country as they hold a 28-16 lead over number 13, Michigan. Justin Fields, 8-16, 200 yards and a touchdown, but it's J.K. Dobbins who's run it 17 times for 103 yards and three scores. He's been making the difference. Again, Ohio State up on Michigan 28-16. Meanwhile, number three, Clemson, has hit the end zone once again. Travis Etienne, a two-yard run, and they have a 31-3 lead over South Carolina. Trevor Lawrence, 264 yards passing so far in this game. He's thrown for three scores. Number four, Georgia. They are cruising as they take on Georgia Tech. The Bulldogs up 17-7 at the half. I'm Ralph Irvin. We are Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, rolling on on this big Saturday, Hartman and Hushman Zada. We got all your college football going on. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Clemson has scored again. How are we feeling there, Gammon? 31 to 3 Tigers. I love 10 minutes it. to go in the third quarter. The problem is that I tied it to the Georgia game. And so I need them to come through for me. They yeah. were a 28-point favorite. So well, a lot of we'll people see. thought my uh, picks, you know, once you lose a game, I was 11-0 and I had that disastrous Maryland pick last week. But uh, oh, that <laughs> Clemson minus 27 on the road against South Carolina. People are like, of all games, you're going to pick that. I go, Clemson needs style points, man. Clemson's been rolling up. I mean, TJ, when you look at Clemson since that one-point victory at North Carolina, here are the uh, last six games for them. 45 14, 45 10, 59 7, 59 14, 55 10, and 52 to 3. All unranked opponents. All unranked. That's what you should do. When you, when you fight somebody that shouldn't be in the ring with you, you should knock them out. And that's what uh, Clemson's doing. And uh, the guy that is suddenly looking like the guy that was hyped before the season began, that would be your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He's having another big day today. Uh, and suddenly, when you look at his numbers going into today, 
68% completions, 27 touchdowns, eight picks. Now, last year he only had four picks, but he has settled in right now. And that's why when we when we talk about the playoff, and yes, Ohio State and LSU, I agree with you, TJ, based on what they've done this season, have been the two most impressive schools. But like we said before, Clemson's the wild card. Been there, done that. They have a quarterback that won the national championship last year. So he's not going to be overawed by the whole playoff atmosphere because he performed so well a year ago. Obviously, Sweeney's been there. So they're really an X factor. It's almost like they have nothing to lose since they will go into, I mean, let's say it's an LSU-Clemson semi, which is the way it would be if the playoff were to start today. You know, everyone thinks, all right, LSU should win that game. But you will have to admit this, as great as that Brady-led offense is uh, concerned, this 30-year-old genius that has put together this offense for Joe Burrow and company, that LSU defense has not exactly been stellar. No, to me, this is how I see it. It should go. Doubt if it will. If Utah makes the college football playoff, Ohio State deservedly should be the number one ranked team. Mm -hmm. If Alabama makes the playoff, they should leave Ohio State number one so that you don't get a rematch of right. LSU Alabama. That that's what I would hope would happen. Um because Clemson, I I would prefer to play Ohio State I mean Utah oh. over Clemson. And I would prefer to play Alabama without Tua over Clemson if I'm Ohio State and LSU respectively. So it's a lot to be sorted out. If LSU can win an SEC championship and beat Georgia, who's a fourth-ranked team, they would have two victories over two top-five-ranked teams. No question with that resume. Just off those two wins, and we're, we're not talking about where Texas was ranked early in the year. We're not talking about where Auburn was ranked when they played Auburn. We're not talking about where Florida was ranked when we they played Florida. They should be the number one team, no question. All right, so LSU tonight will be taking on Texas A&M down in Baton Rouge. Uh, obviously, LSU needs a win. And for Joe Burrow, it's it's his Heisman to lose. I mean, it really is. It's his Heisman to lose. That game's going to kick off a little bit later on this evening. A&M comes in with a record of 7-4. and four. I know expectations were high for A&M uh, with Jimbo Fisher being hired as their head coach. And, uh, by the way, Georgia's has just scored uh, to extend their lead, 23-7, Penny in the extra point against Georgia Tech, 13 and a half minutes to go in the third quarter there. Um, were you expecting more from A&M uh, with Jimbo Fisher, or are they pretty much where you thought they'd be? I thought they would be a little better, but when you're playing in SEC, it's, it's a tough game every week. You look at last year, how they played against LSU, they finished – Seven overtime games, seventy something points. Um, you just assume the way Jimbo Fisher turned it around at Florida State that it would be a quick turnaround at AM. It just it's a testament to how tough the SEC conference is. You really have to get those players up front. You gotta have the depth up front where you can rotate guys on the defensive line and you gotta be able to move guys off the ball on the offensive line. And he he just hadn't had that yet. He he probably needs another recruiting class to get his guys in there, and uh, but it's tough. It, it's every week you're playing somebody that whether they're ranked or not, they got great players on both sides of the ball. 
Should be an interesting game tonight. Meanwhile, Ohio State opening drive of the second half, leading 28-16 over Michigan, and they are already at the 10-yard line. By the way, J.K. Dobbins, you talk about Heisman. He's had a Heisman-type game for Ohio State. 18 carries, 144 yards, three touchdowns. He's also got 49 yards receiving. There's a late hit by Michigan. How stupid is that? I'm taking 40. Get out the game. I mean, like, what are you, you doing? That? That? What are you doing? Like, he's clearly out of bounds. Like, guys like that. You got to make an example out of when you're the head coach. Take him out of the game. I mean, That's what, not playing to the whistle. He's two yards out of bounds. <laughs> Take him out of the game. You got to teach him a lesson. Like Marvin Lewis used to always say, be tough when you can be tough. Right. It's just, it's just, you know, when you're a coach sometimes, you know, coaches you many times get way too much blame, way too much credit for their team's success. I mean, it's the guys on the field ultimately deciding things. And there's a prime example. I mean, you you, you do your job. You, you know, Fields is looking to uh, you know throw the ball. Everybody's covered. He yes. didn't want to mess up his completion percentage by throwing <laughs> the ball away, so he runs it out of bounds. Right. He just uh, you know he just gives it up, runs out of bounds, and then he got blasted him for the personal foul, automatic first down uh, for Ohio State. So up twenty eight sixteen right now. Uh, 13 minutes to go. Uh, I want to go back and forth because we got a lot of NFL games. We mentioned earlier in our conversation with Alex Marvez uh, about the Ravens and 49ers. I haven't talked to you since that Ravens demolition of the Rams. The Rams are one story, but you know the Ravens are just steamrolling right now. And mm. if you're, if you're, I mean, after the game, Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator, has only been in the NFL forever. Um, he he took the blame that they just did not have the right game plan. The Ravens in that game, six drives, six touchdowns to start the game. Six drives, six touchdowns. And this is the NFL. This is the NFL. It's like pitch and catch. Um, what's going on there? I mean, I, I, look, I know Lamar Jackson's got a unique skill set, but you're, you're telling me there's no defense for Baltimore right now? The defense is be able to stop the run without selling out if you don't and that's why tomorrow is going to be very interesting because at least going into the game the defensive line for the 49ers they've been so stout that if they can stop the run without selling out now you don't have all these like when Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball Guys are wide open. Yeah. And, like, this is the NFL. Guys aren't wide open in the NFL ever. Every blue moon, literally four, five, six times a game, guys are wide open for the Baltimore Ravens because they're selling out to stop the run. And so that will be a telltale sign. How many guys do the 49ers have in a box? And if they're selling out to stop the run, we're going to see these guys wide open. I heard uh, Willie McGinnis, the former New England great, three-time Super Bowl champion, talking about, you know, how do you defend the Ravens? And the thing he said is you have to be very disciplined. And as he said that, I'm thinking, well, there's no more disciplined defense than New England. I mean, the discipline they, they is, couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it. With I the mean, the best defense they've had in years. So they had all no one has more discipline than New England's defense. You know that they fully game plan to stop the Ravens and they couldn't do it. You got to you know what they say? You got to play guy defense. Guy defense. Mm -hmm. I got that guy. Right. And you got to beat man. that guy. Yeah, yeah. You just have to beat the guy in front of you. That that's how you stop it. Discipline this is the best defense New England's had. And if Cyrus Jones doesn't muff that punt, 
it's a blowout. Yeah. They're going to steamroll New England, make it worse than what it looked. And, and so you just have to beat the guy in front of you. And right now, up front, the Ravens are mauling people. And when you sell out and run, they're hitting the ball, throwing the ball to the tight ends, and they're wide open. You know, I, I wanted to get back to that game in the fortune of two quarterbacks and how they're going in very different directions based on their last games of last season. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, how sophisticated is the National Football League from either making or breaking quarterbacks? Two prime examples coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve Harbin, TJ Hushman, Zada, great news. Quick and easy way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Go to Geico.com, see how much you could save. Buckeyes have scored again a second touchdown pass for Justin Fields. Uh, they lead Michigan 35-16. to And you have to wonder here, TJ, if this game gets out of hand, if Ohio State wins this game by, let's say, 40 in the big house. Where are we with Jim Harbaugh? It's simple. He doesn't have the players to beat Ohio State. Ohio State. Why not? I mean, it's Jim Harbaugh. Okay, Why hasn't he gotten, after five years, the elite players necessary to compete with Ohio State? Because Michigan's academic standards are higher than Ohio State, so you're not going to be able – your pool of kids is a lot smaller than a pool of kids that – Ohio State can go after you if you before this game had said name the top 15 players in this game mm-hmm. all 15 would have been Ohio State players you probably would have not named one Michigan player out of the top 15 all right I'm going to go back in time when Lou Holtz took over at Notre Dame Notre Dame had hit the skits okay uh, they had hired a high school coach Jerry Faust, to be their head coach at Moeller High School. He had a great high school coach, but it never materialized. His last game, they lose to the University of Miami 58-7. to 
Ohio State football, I mean, Notre Dame football had fallen off the map. So Lou Holtz walks in. He comes off uh, a run at Arkansas. And the first thing he told people at Notre Dame is, if you want to be an elite program, you need to loosen the reins on the academic requirements, okay? Because we have got to get players in here. The first guy that he brought in was a Prop 48 quarterback named Tony Rice. Remember him. Who was a great option quarterback and led him to their national championship in 88. He was a Prop 48. I mean, Notre Dame's like, we don't take Prop 48s. He had to sit out his freshman year because he wasn't academically eligible to play as a freshman that year. But all of a sudden, Notre Dame, once they loosened the reins... As far as their academic requirements were concerned, suddenly they were bringing in elite athletes where they can compete with the Florida States and the Miamis and all the other elite programs around the league. And like you say with Michigan, if you're going to put the reins on the kind of athletes that you can bring into the program, this is what you're going to see. I remember at Nebraska, you know, Tom Osborne could not be Barry Switzer. And Tom Osborne finally decided, I'm going to loosen the reins as far as not just academics, but maybe the morality play. Remember Lawrence Phillips, folks? Uh, If you do back in the day, a running back that had all kinds of scandal, but he's a heck of a running back. Uh, And all of a sudden, guess what? Nebraska started winning national championships. So this is that fine line, TJ, as far as upholding a certain standard for your so-called student-athletes and doing whatever it takes to win football games. If they want to be able to beat these type of teams, they're going to have to do what Lou Holtz and Notre Dame did. They're they're going to have to. It's it's impossible. You you need to open up the pool of players. I'm not I'm not saying make it very easy, but if you want to be competitive with Ohio State year in and year out, Ohio, they just have better players. You have to relax your requirements and the ability of guys to get in, the student-athletes to be able to get into Michigan. That's just, just, that's a drop. And and by the way, even if you are coming in as a below-average student into an elite university, which Michigan is, they'll help you through the whole process. Full-time tutors, whatever it takes. You're going to keep those players eligible if they're producing on the field. All right, I want to get to uh, what we were talking about earlier, how final games in a season – can either make or break your future. And two teams that ended the season on a losing note with their quarterback struggling have taken very different paths in 2019. Let's start with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Last year, in the playoff game against the Chargers, which was a rematch, the Chargers had already seen Lamar Jackson once, Gus Bradley, the Chargers defensive coordinator, put a defense together that completely took Lamar Jackson out. It was so bad that they almost had to bench him. They they hung in there, and that maybe was a, mo- a smart move for John Harbaugh to let the kid you know, take his licks along the way. But we went from that to where we are today. And then on the other side, we have Jared Goff, who finished his season with a miserable performance in the Super Bowl. I had heard Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football say that Bill Belichick exposed Jared Goff for who he is in the Super Bowl and he's been exposed all season long. He has 11 touchdowns that's not, and 12 That's picks. not a true statement by Booger. He's wrong. Okay, so let's— And it's okay to be right, wrong, but well, he's let's wrong. Start with, let's start with Goff right now. All right, so this is a guy who just signed this huge contract. 
In the month of November, he had no touchdown passes and five interceptions. Now, when I say he's wrong, I'm not saying that Jared Goff has played great. It's obvious a blind man can see this. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is he wasn't – did he get exposed in a Super Bowl? Bill Belichick does that to everybody in big games. You give him enough time. He does that to everybody. That's number one. Number two is their offensive line – is a shell of what they've been in years past. So if protection isn't there and you can't run the ball, of course you're going to take a step back. Now let's see everybody that's saying Jared Goff is trash. If the offensive line gets some reinforcements next year and they're better, is he not trash all of a sudden again? Yeah, but here's the problem, TJ. You traded two number ones to get Jalen Ramsey, and you're going to have to give him the richest contract of any cornerback in the league. I mean, you have uh, – all right, uh, we have a swift injury in the Georgia game. Three turnovers for Georgia in this game. They're leading 24-7. This is and an I obsession game right now for Gavin. He was running into the end zone and fumbled the ball. Uh, like a few yards short. All right. Well, we'll update you on wow. the swift injury. But I, I just the problem for the Rams right now is you traded two number ones to get Jalen Ramsey, so you have, have to. to sign him, which he's going to require the richest contract of any cornerback in the league. You've already paid a huge deal to Brandon Cooks, who can't avoid concussions. I mean, in essence, they Aaron can have, Donald, Jared Goff. You're not going to have any money for offensive linemen. In essence, they 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 can have Jalen Ramsey for the next two years mm-hmm. without signing him to a deal. If that's what you, they're they're gonna have to go out in free agency and get some offensive linemen, you're not gonna draft them because you just don't. And ho- maybe maybe you can find a sleeper in the second round. Who, mm-hmm. who knows? But you're gonna have to go out in free agency and find some linemen that can put you back over. To, they're there. They just don't have the guys up front, skill guys. They're they're there. Brandon Cooks will come off the books here in the next year or two, if I'm not mistaken. And, and so they're they're not in a bad as a predicament as everybody makes it seem, but you have to go get two starting offensive linemen, and that's a lot easier said than done. Well, I, I think they're in trouble. I, I Again, because the NFL has a hard cap. There's no luxury tax here where you could spend more than the cap. Everybody has a hard cap around the national I mean, but if you look league. at it, on the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Donald makes a lot of money. Yes. Who else? Well, Jalen Ramsey's about to make a lot of money. Right now. Right. Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else. On the offensive side of the ball, you got Jared Goff, you got Todd Gurley. Nobody else. Brandon Cooks has got a pretty good deal. Compared to what the top receivers are getting, he I don't believe he's in the top eight. But he's not even playing all the time because he's hurt. But what I'm saying is People make this big deal about salary cap, salary well, me, cap, salary you cap. You know, last year, and obviously, you know, a million times more than I do about this, but here's what I heard about a year ago with Sean McVay when things are really cooking offensively, is that they don't do a lot of trickery. Uh, we have an injury. Justin Fields is grabbing his knee. Uh, Ralph, what is it's, going on right now scary. with Ohio State quarterback? Is he around? Hold on. There we go. Yep, they're 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 waving at him right now. All right, I don't think he can hear us, but yeah, he did go down with the crowd gathered around a pretty scary leg injury. All right, so we'll get an update. We don't want to wow. speculate right now. In wow. fact, we got players all over the field right now. Clemson just players laid down. out everywhere. Yeah, I mean, players are laid out on the field. We're going to get an update on and that it. Justin does Fields look situation. like Georgia 
might have just got a safety or a touchdown on the defensive side. Obviously, no, they it wasn't a. I don't believe okay. it was a safety. I, I didn't see the play. I him back into the end zone. Uh, okay. but you have to understand that uh, Gavin's got a lot locked into Georgia today. Well, DeAndre um, Swift getting hurt. You guys were just talking about the Rams and Todd Gurley. So yes. let's keep it with an injured Georgia running back. <laughs> uh, Swift going yes. down is pretty. That is, that is a big injury, yes. especially if Georgia wants to have any chance next week against LSU in the SEC championship game. That is not a safety. No, he was no, stopped about the two-yard line. No points for that. All right. So uh, Georgia and Lee in that game 24-7. But we're going to get you an update on that Justin Fields uh, situation. But uh, I want to go back again to this Sean McVay because a lot of people are just slaying him right now that the genius is gone. But even last year when the Rams were really cooking offensively, they didn't do a lot of tricky things. They they said, you know, his his formations are pretty basic. It's really about execution. It's about, you know, again, the play action and everything else. But he seems almost in a state of shock at how the tables have turned, that everything that just seemed to be going so smoothly, he can't find any answers right now. I mean, two field goals against the Ravens. Everyone was talking about Lamar Jackson. How about a Ram offense that couldn't do anything against Baltimore? It goes back to what we just talked about. How Jared Goff had no time back there. And the play action isn't working if you can't run the ball. So what are you play actioning for? It, it Everything starts up front. And when I played football, we got a lot of credit. Myself and Chad and Carson, mm-hmm. we got a lot of credit. And I was always one to mention the offensive line in my interviews. How good was Willie Anderson? Willie Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame, but because he played for was the Bengals, he Bengals, as good as not. Walter Jones and Willie Orlando Anderson, Pace and uh, Willie Jonathan Anderson, Ogden. When he played, mm-hmm. was one of the top three offensive linemen for 12 years. He went years upon years upon years without giving up a sack or a pressure. And we're playing – just look at the teams he's playing against. You play Pittsburgh twice. Yep. That, that's when they had Joey Porter and James Harrison and all those guys. And then you play Baltimore when they had Peter Bowler, Terrell Suggs, and all. He's not even, and he's playing those guys twice a year. Javon Curse, giving up no sacks or pressures. Mm-hmm. Different team, he's in the Hall of Fame. But it starts up front. If you can't control the line of scrimmage with offensive and defensive linemen, you can't win. And I love football. The skill guys get a ton of credit, but it starts up front on both sides of the ball. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's find out what's trending right now as we bring on Ralph Urban. So, Ralph, we're keeping our eye on this uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. What happened there with Justin Fields? Do we have an update? Well, yeah, basically uh, tight end blocking, and he was pushed back in the fields, went down, hit it from the side. Um, Always that scary thing when a guy rolls into a player from the side because that typically – is where you get the ligament damage. He's in the medical tent right now. He limped off the field. So we will see right now the backup is in for Ohio State. But this all came after, uh, well, the Buckeyes extended the lead. Fields gets the snap. Back to pass from the 13. Fires into the end zone, and it's caught by K.J. Hill for a touchdown. That is the call from Paul Keels, Learfield IMG College. And Ohio State does have a 35-16 lead over number 13, Michigan. 7-15 to play in the third quarter. Meanwhile, 
Well, the South Carolina fans are fleeing the stadium there in Columbia as number three Clemson is a 31-3 lead over the Gamecocks as they make their way to the fourth quarter. Trevor Lawrence, 24-34, 271 yards passing. He has three touchdown passes. Travis Etienne, the latest score, a two-yard run earlier in the third quarter. And number four, Georgia, playing at Georgia Tech. And the Bulldogs now with a 30-7 lead over the Yellow Jackets. 7.44 to play in the third quarter. The extra point now makes it 31-7 Georgia. Jake Fromm now 230 yards passing, three touchdowns in this game. And online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And guys, the games just keep coming. We're an hour away from number five, Alabama, playing at number 15, Auburn, number 12, Wisconsin, at number eight, Minnesota. It's just uh, football excitement. Uh. TJ, just a quick question. Where were you in 1996? Wow, just getting out of high school. Because that's when Danny Werfel was winning the Heisman. And Steve Hartman was wearing the same jacket he wore in today to yeah, the show. <laughs> yes. This is a classic from the uh, the first all-sports station on the West Coast, Extra Sports 690. Yeah, I have one of those vintage, in a closet somewhere. Vintage a jacket. I wore. T- I rarely wear a jacket, but it was pretty cold out here today. Meanwhile, we'll get back to that Heisman wow. report. Yes, thank you very much, Ralph. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Yes, indeed, it's that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10-5, touchdown. Heisman Update. All right, a couple weeks to go before the votes will be in. I'm one of the lucky ones to have a vote. So each week I update you on where I stand with my top three in the Heisman. Here is my current number three. Snap to Hurts. He runs behind everybody to the right. Has the first down to the five. Pushing to the two. Pushing to the goal line. Give it to him. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts says, I see what you did, Max Duggan. Right back at you. He pushes a pile into the end zone. I can't take this guy out of my top three because he's still putting up ridiculous numbers. That, by the way, Toby Rowland from Learfield IMG College. Jalen Hurts, quarterback of Oklahoma, hanging in in my top three. Here is my current number two. Clifford, in trouble, sacked again. Guess who, folks? The mighty Chase Young. And with that sack, he goes in the Ohio State record books. Gus Johnson from Fox TV. So despite a two-game suspension, leads the nation in sacks. A defensive end in your top three? Yes, indeed. But as good as Chase Young is, everyone is chasing this guy. First and 10 now at the 37. Snap back. Joe has it. Again, launches downfield towards the end zone. Jamar Chase comes up with it at the end zone. He's got it for a score. Touchdown, Tigers! Joe Burrow, LSU quarterback, completing 79% of his passes, 41 touchdowns on the year. That John Ferguson from LSU Sports Radio Network. He is still my Heisman leader. A um, couple of things about this list right now, TJ. As far as Hertz is concerned, the reason I had Hertz over Fields is because of that come from behind victory on against uh, Baylor. I mean, Justin Fields obviously putting up big numbers, but 
the numbers aren't being put up in critical situations. No fault of his own. But when you're blowing out everybody, you're really not faced with those critical situations where a quarterback has to come through. Hertz had that situation and delivered against Baylor. So that's why I got Hertz at three. Ohio State just has they have so many good players on their team. You got Chase Young number two, so it's really there's <laughs> nowhere for Fields to get in. I, I that's fair. Well, and as far as Chase Young is concerned, now today, and by the way, Ohio State Fields goes out, and what does uh, Ohio State do? They go right down and score. No, again. he he came right back in and just threw a touchdown. Oh, pass. did he did come back? Yeah, in. He, so he, Fields he, is back. All right, so uh, 41-16 now, Ohio State blowing out Michigan, not looking good for Jim Harbaugh out at the big house. Um, But I love getting a non-quarterback or non-running back into the playoff, into the Heisman race. Manti Teo came close to a Heisman trophy with that incredible year he had at Notre Dame that one year. Um, But today's a prime example of how difficult it can be for a defensive lineman like Chase Young. Leads the nation in sacks. I actually think the two-game suspension works for him and not against him because I think a lot of the voters look at that suspension as completely bogus. He should never have been suspended anyway. He paid back the money. He was front about it, everything else. But today, if you look, we haven't heard Chase Young much at all. Michigan has tried to double, triple team him, whatever. Of course, that's opened up the floodgates for everybody else. But that's why it's so difficult for a guy like a Chase Young to have a, a serious chance of winning the Heisman Trophy. When he was out, it it showed how much Ohio State relied on him. Mm-hmm. Now that he's back, Michigan is doing what any smart team would do. <laughs> we can't let their best defensive player beat us. And, and uh, this is getting ugly right now as far as Michigan's concerned. Hit him in the wrong spot. But he's got a chance. He has a chance. Now, as far as Joe Burrow's <laughs> concerned... Uh, again, it's his to lose. He's got two weeks left. He's got A&M and he has Georgia. Um, you've been around this guy a little bit right now. By the way, ironically, of course, a former Ohio State quarterback yes. who got beaten out by Dwayne Haskins and decided, amazingly enough, graduated Ohio State in three years, allowing him to be a two-year grad transfer to LSU. A year ago, 58% passer. This Goodness year, 79%. Gracious, catch the ball. Yeah, Michigan is done. So... Um, Joe Burrow, does his stock continue to rise? Is he a one-year wonder? What are we looking at with this guy? I'm not going to say he's a one-year wonder. Uh, Stock rise, it can't rise any higher. He's going to be the number one pick. You think Um, he will be the number one overall pick? If the Bengals, your team, the Bengals have the number one pick, they're going to take Joe Burrow. Yeah, and for him, and I hate to say this. With Zach Taylor, the quarterback guru. That's that's not a good thing because <laughs> uh, we, me and Steve talk about this a lot off air. Where you get drafted to really determines your – Michigan just stopped three your straight passes, by the in way. in your standing yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And thus far, the Bengals, they just haven't been good enough. And so – and they they haven't shown that they can draft a quarterback. Carson Palmer, prime example, was the last number one pick they had a quarterback. I played with Carson, obviously. Carson is physically and mentally one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football. Ever. ever. Is there he, ever been a quarterback that can make every throw the but way Carson it, Palmer? And Carson was sneaky athletic. Like we played yeah. against Carson in college. Our safety intercepted the ball. 
and USC was going in, he was in the open 20 yards ahead of everybody, and Carson caught him at the other 10-yard line, our safety. Right. And so he was a decent athlete, a better athlete. But when you say name the best quarterbacks to ever play, you'll name 20, 30 quarterbacks before you even get to Carson, maybe 40 or 50. Part of that and, was the injuries, though. And he stayed healthy. If he had not had the big injury in Cincinnati, he was on a roll at that point, and he showed it with that remarkable comeback he, here in Arizona. Yes, but people look at Carson for what he did in Arizona for it, more than anything he did in Cincinnati. Right. And, and so that's just the unfortunate part of it. You get drafted to the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Packers, the Ravens, those type of teams, you have a chance to go down in history and be forever remembered in the NFL. And so, well, Zach Taylor was the worst hire ever. If he's not a one and done, I don't know what is. No I way mean, will he be. Do you realize that two years ago, when he went to the Rams, he was the assistant wide receivers coach? I, you know, how two I, years ago, I do. And you're one of the only few people that know that. And I know it because the receiver coach was my receiver coach in college. So I 100 Two years ago, he came to the Rams as an assistant wide receivers coach. Yes. Last year, he was the quarterback coach. And now he gets a head job because he had lunch with Sean McVay. <laughs> this is the funny thing, though. Would this I'm, team be 0-11 with Marvin Lewis right now? No question they would not be 0-11. No question. That, that's They were a 6-10 team last year. Marvin Lewis was always consistent. That's the thing about well, him. Well, the last he, three years, he had three straight losing years. Yeah. And there's no way this team would be 0-11 with Marvin Lewis. They got in the Lewis. playoffs quite a bit from now, what I remember. Now, but see, this is, this is the thing. It, it's so good about football is you can look at Marvin Lewis and say, wow. Wow. And, and that sucks. He got into the playoffs seven times, so the Bengals lost every game. That that It sucks, but Zach Taylor's failure – makes you really appreciate Marvin Lewis as a coach. Yeah. And he would not be on 11. And I, people in Cincinnati wanted him gone. Mm-hmm. And now be careful what you ask for. You find this man. It, it well, that might sound my point, though. If you're Cincinnati and you got the number one overall pick and you take, let's say, Jer- Joe Burrow, are you going to trust that Zach Taylor, with his one year as a quarterback coach for the Rams, uh, is the right guy to take all that money that you're going to invest in Joe Burrow and make him a premier quarterback. Oh, man. It, it's <laughs> Or, or, I mean, let, let, let's talk, what do you do with the Brady guy at LSU? Now, he was with New Orleans, the Saints, and he gets hired by LSU as the offensive coordinator. He's 30 years old. If you're the Bengals, if you draft Burrow, do you pay this guy whatever it takes to make him the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. I'm not sure he would leave LSU to be the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. Why would you? I don't why I mean you, LSU is going to give you, this guy by the way a million dollars. Why 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 would you leave mm-hmm. to be an offensive coordinator in Cincinnati when you're the offensive coordinator at LSU? It depends on what your aspirations and, are. And no no you can be a head coach. And, and Brady, remember Brady was in the NFL as a you coach. You will you will get you will be a head coach quicker being an offensive coordinator at LSU than you would be an offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's the reality of it. You're going to get the best players every year at LSU. Or maybe he's just waiting for Sean Payton to uh, resign with the Saints. He, he's done a, He's done a great job, but you got to give a lot of credit to Burrow, too. Yeah. You, you could give me the best plan in the world. If I can't go out there and execute it, it's not the best plan in the world. Mm. And so those players have gotten on the field 
and they've executed the plan. And watching this Ohio State game, I really do hope they get a chance to play LSU because Ohio State plays a ton of man-to-man, a ton. By the Those way, receivers at LSU and Joe Burrow, man, they got to be looking at this saying, oh, my God, I hope they play like this again. So that will be a hell of a game because I'm watching this game, and Michigan receivers are just dropping balls left and right. They really can't create separation. Man, that will be a game with those receivers and Burrow throwing that ball. By the way, Michigan, a field goal. They're right back in this. But Shea 42-19, Patterson. 42-19, <laughs> Ohio State leading He's Michigan. putting the ball right there, man. Guys are just dropping the ball. They're not getting open. Yeah, Shea I Patterson has uh, 267 yards passing this game, but he has only 17 in the second half. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll continue to update you everything happening on a very busy Saturday. And what about Alabama-Auburn? Do they have enough with Mac Jones at quarterback to penetrate that Auburn defense? We'll break it down coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fields in the shotgun, gets the snap, looks to throw, looking left, looking left, running left, still holding the ball as if to throw, cranks and fires toward the end zone, Wilson's goal for a touchdown, Garrett Wilson, the Buckeye freshman receiver underneath a pass from Justin Fields, just back in off of injury, a 30-yard touchdown pass, and Ohio State is up their lead to 41-16 over Michigan. He comes out of the tent, hot. Paul Keels from Learfield IMG College. Uh, Justin Fields, by the way, in this game, 12 of 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That means for the season, for the season, if I'm not mistaken, he has 36 touchdowns and one pick, which is just absurd. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 23 carries, 147 yards, and three scores. Uh, Ohio State leading this game 42 to 19 at the end of the third quarter, Michigan with the ball uh, in their season 
is not going to go as they had hoped. They really thought that with Urban Meyer gone, that maybe things would be different. They're not. Ohio State is as strong as ever. By the way, I'm going to get to uh, coming up in our next hour. We got a lot to do as far as sort of already looking ahead to 2020. Some major moves at major schools that could happen that could change the dynamic of college football. But I want to get back to the Iron Bowl right now and the mindset of Nick Saban as he gets ready for this game. So. What the playoff committee did by ranking Alabama ahead of Utah, ahead of Oklahoma, is say this. If you can blow our socks off against an Auburn team that has not given up more than 24 points in any game this year, holding LSU to just 23 points, if you come up with some unbelievable game like Ohio State did in that Big Ten championship game after losing JT Barrett and winning that game 59-0. If you could pull something like that off against Auburn, you got a shot to make our playoffs. So what do you think is going on right now with Nick Saban as he gets ready for today's Iron Bowl? Let's just win the game. You you can't worry about blowing them out. you got to win the game. I, I firmly believe the team that's number one wants Alabama to get in. With Without Tua, it... Do you really think they're going to beat LSU again they or Ohio State? Of, they got three wide receivers are going to be first round picks. Who? Somebody got to throw it to them. Yeah. And so, no disrespect to Mac Jones, but it's different when you play Arkansas mm-hmm. and then you get out there and you play LSU, Ohio State, or even Auburn today. And he's going to see that. I don't know the names. I told you this earlier. Number five and number three. Them boys up front from Auburn. Whew. It's that handful. Uh, Alabama's defense. We saw them get shredded by Clemson in the championship game last year. We saw Joe Burrow and LSU shred that Alabama defense this year. Is there something missing with Alabama defense? Yeah, it's easy when you're playing inferior opponents to shut down non-existent offenses, and Auburn's offense shouldn't pose much of a problem there. But why is Alabama the last couple of years having problems against uh, uh, let's say elite college quarterbacks. They're not getting all the talent. You know, before their backups were better than guys starters, right. and so a guy guys would get hurt. They bring a backup in that, in essence, should be a starter. And so, but isn't that Saban? Saban's your defensive guy. Why isn't he able to get these guys to come in? They're going to other schools, Clemson, LSU, Ohio. They're they're just spread out. Guys want to come in and play as freshmen, and don't. Alabama's still good. But when you lose your starting quarterback and you lose your starting quarterback this late in the season, the meat of your schedule when you really need to be impressive, it's it's tough. The uh, biggest move to come to college football in 2020 is waiting in the wings. It's a move that could change the whole dynamic of the landscape of college football. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. If you're not sure what it is, stick around. We'll tell you. Coming up next. It is a good day for number one Ohio State as they have a 42-27 lead now at number 13 Michigan. 14-23 to play in this game. Justin Fields, 272 yards passing, three touchdowns through the air. J.K. Dobbins, 147 yards on the ground. He's run for three scores as well as the number one Buckeyes are rolling. Meanwhile, Number three, Clemson, a 38-3 lead at South Carolina. 3.26 to play in this game. Trevor Lawrence, 295 yards passing. Three touchdowns on the day. He is already 
wrapped up his day on the field. And number four, Georgia. Well, they have a 38-7 lead at Georgia Tech. 14-12 to play in that game. Now 254 yards passing. Four touchdowns on the day. I'm Ralph Irvin. We are Not over yet. Not over yet in the big house. Michigan is trying to stay alive in their matchup against Ohio State. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. So Michigan scores and gets a two-point conversion. So it is 42-27 Ohio State. We got 14-23 to go, so plenty of time. Uh, Shea Patterson is looking good. 282 yards passing. He's got one score in the game, uh, and he is throwing the ball extremely well in this game for Michigan. So they're in there. You know, you're, it's a two-score game right now, the whole quarter to play. Guys just got to catch the ball. They're it, dropping balls, Michigan. It would also be nice if Michigan's defense could tackle J.K. Dobbins. Had a play there that should have been a one-yard gain. He went for 10. Uh, watch this play here. So here's Dobbins. And he reverses oh, 97. Yeah. Stay in your gap, 97. So uh, Ohio State, if they can slow him down, maybe Michigan's got a shot in this game. Um, I mentioned before the break here, TJ, that there is there is a move that would be the biggest story in college football heading into 2020. And you know what that is. Urban Meyer to USC. Now you're you're actually close to the situation because you uh, pass Urban Meyer in the hallways every once in a while over FS1. Once a week, more. Yeah, mm, yeah. All right, so I'm I'm going to play out a scenario for you from what I'm just as an outsider looking in of what I think's going on, and then you give me your thoughts, maybe a little more insight. Here's here's what I think is going on right now. Um, USC, if you don't, if you're not familiar with all the scandals that have hit the University of Southern California the last couple of years, they are plenty. Uh, you had a doctor who was abusing student athletes. You had the uh, pay scan, pay scandal. You know where coaches getting paid off. So they hire a new. All right, Ohio State. Oh, <laughs> drop the ball! Wow. If you're Fields, you're like really, right in the face. You ever have that happen to you, TJ? In practice. In oh, practice. yeah, in yeah. the playoff game against yeah. the Steelers. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I know what that feels like. All right. So, anyway, so um, my guess is this. The new university president at USC is adamant to not hire Urban Meyer because of the baggage he brings with him, especially covering up for an assistant coach that was involved in domestic abuse, that it'll, it'll put too much heat on the university, that she was hired to clean things up, and then if I go out and hire Urban Meyer, it doesn't look good for the university. On the other side, you got Urban Meyer, whose only way that he's going to come back at USC is if he gets paid big. When you think that Sweeney got 10 years, $93 million, minimum he wants 10 years, $100 million, if not more being in the Los Angeles area. Then you have the Clay Helton situation where his contract runs through 2023. There's $20 million on that contract. You're not going to eat $20 million to hire James Franklin. The only way you're going to eat that contract is if you get Urban Meyer. And then the fourth factor is the very, very rich alum at USC that want to remind the university president there's USC and then there's the football team. And we will pay the money whatever it takes to get the right guy in there. So do you believe right now Based on what you know, 
that Urban Meyer will be the USC football coach next year? No. Wow. I did two weeks ago, but... What's happening? I just, <laughs> well, you're not going to fire Clay Helton for James Franklin. I don't... I you're don't, not going to eat that contract for a guy like that. I... Well, the way fickle. you the way you just stated that, it's a zero percent chance that they play they pay Clay Helton twenty yeah. million to go bye bye, uh-huh. and then we bring in James Franklin. I I I can't see that. I don't either. Now, and by the way, Clay gonna, Helton beat Franklin in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago. He had better players. Yeah. If you're going to get rid of Clay Helton and pay him $20 million to go bye-bye, you have to bring in a name. Right, and there's only one name, and that's Urban Meyer. And the I only way I'm eating that contract is if we get, get Urban Meyer. And I don't I don't know if this president understands that you bring in Urban Meyer as the coach, you're literally turning players away because you only have so many scholarships. I don't understand. I don't. Somebody needs to give this recording to her. I don't think she understands that. You are going to pick your players. Like right now, SC's not even picking their players. Players are saying, I don't think I want to go to SC. Whereas before it was, I hope SC offers me. They're not getting the best of the best. They're getting some of the best. But they still have right now today... Man for man, the best personnel in that conference. They're on par. Oregon's on par with them. Okay. Oregon's on par with them with the recruits Oregon is um, signed in the last couple years. But where are games won and lost? Mm. Up front, they're the best. So the hiring of Graham Harrell. Here's one thing. If you're Urban Meyer, you're not going to run a Graham Harrell offense. No. That's not happening. Where do you abandon your running game? which is what what is essentially happening at USC. By the way, uh, we had George Reister, your buddy here, last week, and he insisted that Slovis is the quarterback of the future at USC, not JT Daniels. George is wrong. How many games did JT Daniels get in this offense before he got hurt? One game, the first game of the year he got so hurt. You don't know what he could have done. Had a big game that day. I, just so, George, hopefully you're listening. I coached <laughs> high school football. Yes. JT Daniels is the best high school quarterback I've seen and I coached Malik Henry, I coached Matt Corral, and I've coached against Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I coached against these guys. And JT Daniels can run and throw. When when healthy, if he's healthy, it's no question. He's he's going to be the starting quarterback. But, I mean, people are going to look at Slovis. He just set a school record for passing yards in a game. Of course, that's against UCLA. I mean, if you're throwing so the ball 60 times a game. Right. And you're not running the ball. Mm-hmm. And you're not planned for anything, and you are SC. You do have better talent than everybody you play against. I'm not saying you should do it, but okay. Well, again, for USC fans out there that are just expecting Clay Helton to get fired, the only way they're going to eat that contract is if they get Urban Meyer. That's a that is a that's it. That's a great point. But Urban Meyer is a human. He's human. Right. He, he reads these, oh, they're not allowed to hire an Urban Meyer. Everybody has an ego. Oh, you're not allowed to hire me? Well, F you. Yeah. And, and so if you're going to put that out about me publicly. And you, you've said this. When you pass him in the halls, I mean, this, and publicly, he's been very coy in no way as he said, uh, you know, look, I, you know, if they offered it to me, I'm, I'm going. Nothing I got like the that. impression that if it was offered, 
and this is weeks ago, that he would have taken a job. Under have, his under his now, criteria for a contract. I don't have I don't have that impression now. And uh, so it's I'm just he's won everywhere he's been. If you want the best recruits in California, the best recruits in Texas, Florida, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, these football states, go get Urban Meyer and voila, magic happens. SC will be a different program. Uh, by the way, Gavin, I'm now 12 and 1. 12 and 1 with my pick today of Clemson covering the 27 point spread at South Carolina. Clemson wins it. 38. Great. And Gavin, if you paired them with Georgia, mm-hmm. you should be good. I did. Yes, I did. Georgia. Hey, Gav, you got to stop doing these parlays, man. You just got to go all in on a pick of the week. That, I told the guys that that this week, this is the last week I do that. We're hey, going to make sure. Well, not yeah. only that, I gave him Clemson minus 27, 28, <clears throat> whatever it was, which they covered, but then he he went down to 21. So the he, parlay I did, it, it it's going to cash, though, because it was Ohio State, Georgia and Clemson. Would you have one more if you had just bet straight up? What's the spread up, on Clemson Ohio State game? Ohio State was a minus eight. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah, minus yeah. eight to ten. Easy. Yeah. Uh, but it's not easy yet. Get the first Michigan's down go- number. Like, what, is, <laughs> what are these receivers from Michigan doing, man? Like, oh, my God. All right. Now, it is 42-27. Do they understand this is a big game? Yeah, 42-27. Like, have a sense of urgency, bro. It's third and 10, and you catch the ball and run straight out of bounds. Are you kidding me? Have some urgency, bro. It's Michigan, Ohio State. All right, they're going to go for it. Fourth and one at their own 29-yard line. This is a last gasp for Michigan. 12 minutes to go in the game. They run the ball, and And they go nowhere. Game over. And that's what happens when number seven doesn't fight for the first down. You just literally run out of bounds. That's crazy. Game over. Was that a good call on fourth and one from your own 29-yard line? It worked. It worked, and they scored a touchdown with the same offense. Wildcat. This is the same play they ran for the touchdown. If he follows 74, he scores a touchdown. Did you see that hole? Yeah, right there. That's a power. If he follows 74, he's probably still running. Yeah, because there was nobody behind number 74. had no one to block. The hole was that big. Wow. He just misread it. So Ohio State will take over at the Michigan 28-yard line, already leading 42-27. About 12 minutes to go in this game, and Ohio State looking to rack it up. I'm just going to, you know, again, if this, we'll, we'll see what the final score is on this game, but it's going to be interesting to see um, the aftermath as far as Jim Harbaugh is concerned. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We mentioned there's not just a couple of big games coming up. It's about traditional games, including... TJ's memorable civil wars of his beavers <laughs> taking on the Ducks of the state of Oregon at a fever pitch right now. Well, maybe not, but maybe in the past they have been. Uh, we continue our coverage of everything college football coming up next. Wildcat, Haskins, breaks to the right. He's in. Touchdown, Michigan, behind a block of Ben Mason. Yeah, uh, Jim Bradstatter, uh, Learfield IMG College. It looked good for a second there for Michigan, but they went for it on fourth and one at their own 29-yard line. They didn't get the first down, and Justin Fields just threw his fourth touchdown pass of the game. 49-27, Ohio State, and now a, a route against Michigan. Fields, by the way, 14-25, 302, four touchdowns. Um, he is... Uh, 
upset at me that I don't have him included in my Heisman top three. And he's like, how dare you? Uh, how do you ignore me right now? Uh, he has 37 touchdown passes this year with one interception. That's pretty good, TJ. He's playing fantastic, yeah. but as is the Does much- he have an NFL future? Do birds fly? Okay, well, 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 well. Now, Fields was a superstar high school player. Number one player in the country. Just like Kyler Murray was when he came out. And, uh, you know, when we when we talk about this Lamar Jackson phenomenon that is going on right now, isn't it amazing? Is anyone talking about Patrick Mahomes anymore? <laughs> Who, by the way, has it's lost three of his funny. last four stars? It's, or, all, you know. it's awful funny you say that because... It's. It seems like Patrick Mahomes has kind of been an afterthought. Well, and it, it didn't help him that that game down in Mexico City, which Philip Rivers just threw the game away. Uh, Mahomes only had 182 yards passing. He looked ordinary. He. Uh, the weapons haven't been there. Terry Kill's been in and out of the lineup. He he's playing well. He's just not playing as well as he did last year when he won MVP. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that. It, it is almost like the reigning MVP has been an afterthought, but he was banged up with, with his knee, and so that that's a good thing for him. He can kind of go under the radar if if he can, and maybe create create a problem in the playoffs. Well, that's that's going to be interesting as well. Yes, Gavin, what do you have? I've seen this get flo- uh, floated around on Twitter this week. Who would you rather have over the next five years? Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Five years? Yeah, next five, ten years, something like that. Well, five years and ten years are two different things. Uh, let's talk really? five years. Well, okay. I'll tell you why, because I still believe there's a shelf life when you're oh, a running quarterback. Who Who am I? Who are you asking? Like, am I answering a question See, as problem- a, a GM, a fan, a player? I no, mean, well, who's going to have, who's I, gonna I, have I, the better... Five I think years the thing from now, is, he's going to be a Mahomes better quarterback. Mahomes can fit into almost any system that is there. Lamar needs that system that the the Ravens have that has been catered to. Tom him. Brady needed I think a that's system. What you and that, that's the thing, though, Gav. This is where, and see, and I'm guilty of this. Football has conditioned us and made us think and believe that a quarterback has to be X, Y, Z. And the Baltimore Ravens, and Greg Roman and John Harbaugh are telling us we are smart enough coaches to cater our offense to our players for the longest. You couldn't. That, that's why Bill Polian said Lamar Jackson needs to move the receiver because for the longest you couldn't run the ball. Why can't you run the ball? If you give me eight great years, Lamar Jackson, that's pretty much what a great quarterback will give you throwing the ball. So to answer your question. I'll take either one of those guys. For the next five years, I'll take Lamar. For the next 10 years, I'll probably go with Patrick Mahomes if I'm a wide receiver. See, the, here's the other thing. When you talk about creating a system for Lamar Jackson, you don't think Sean Payton created a system for Drew Brees? I no, mean, I whether, whether, you, whether you're a mobile that... quarterback or just a pocket passer, Tom Brady has a system. Drew Brees has a system. Yeah, yeah, they do. But my, I think my point it's is that Lamar it's a wouldn't different just be able system. to go right. into New Orleans and work. Patrick Mahomes probably could. You wouldn't have to change much with Mahomes in you know. No, but in I, New I think every, okay, every but successful which quarterback, quarterback has a system. Which quarterbacks in the NFL can go into Baltimore and fit exactly, that system exactly? And, and so Lamar Jackson, 
you say what you want to say. The last game when we saw Lamar Jackson, he threw five touchdowns. Supposedly, he wasn't able to do that. Right. He threw five touchdowns, and so remember after I the first game against Miami, he had the line of the year. He's not bad for a not running bad back. For a running back, it, he's leading the NFL in total touchdowns. He's tied with Russell Wilson, right? And, and so I'm not doubting him anymore because he's shown. Yeah, he gets it done with his legs, but he can also throw the ball, and that's remarkable. I will say this though, and I, we mentioned this: what happened to Lamar Jackson last year when the Chargers got a rematch? in the playoffs. And there was only a couple of weeks before they had faced him and they changed everything and st- shut him down. How much would you look forward to a, a Ravens Patriots rematch on what Belichick will do based on what did not work the first time around? It really depends on where they play. If they have to go to New England and it's similar to <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's similar to uh this past weekend that that rain and the way that weather is up in Foxborough, but if they, if they play in Baltimore, honestly, I, I don't see a difference. I, I don't see it. They ran the ball down their throat. They couldn't stop them. And if Cyrus Jones doesn't muff the punt, it's a blowout. Right. He allowed them to get back into the game. And, and so I don't know what more – uh New England can do. They they loaded up on the run. I don't know. And they I still mean, again, ran the ball. we're talking about Bill Belichick. I mean, he always seems to find a way. And if he has a rematch, especially his record against young quarterbacks, he finds ways. I mean, this. I know New England did not look good defensively, but they are putting up some pretty impressive hey, before, numbers. Before he played Baltimore, I might be off a game or two. I believe he was seventeen or eighteen and zero against first or second year quarterbacks. Right. That streak ended when he played Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yeah, he did. And so... I think also their uh, pass defense uh, going into that game had had two touchdown passes and 19 interceptions against him. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, they were putting up historic numbers before that game. Um, I, I would love to see it. I mean, that's 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 the game I want to see. I mean, you like when they played Dallas this past weekend, it, it was... Mm. Dallas, is, they were right there. They, they, they had a chance. But Lamar Jackson is just so dynamic. Like I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going against Lamar anymore. He, he's going to have to lose a game or two before I before I go against him anymore. You, you mentioned Dallas. Uh, I want to sidetrack as I often do um, about the Cowboys. We had Alex Marvez join us a little bit earlier, our NFL insider, and we asked him what what's in the mindset right now for 2020 when it's obviously Jason Garrett's run is over. Uh, with the Cowboys as head coach, and he mentioned Jason Witten. I'm trying to figure this Witten thing out, folks. Um, Jason Witten will be in the Hall of Fame someday, but to put him in the the upper echelon of tight ends is ridiculous. He's not. He's not Tony Gonzalez. He's not Antonio Gates. Um, he's an eight-yard receiver Shannon who doesn't Sharp. get into the ends. He's, he's not, not he, Shannon he, Sharp. He's none of those guys. He's not Kellen Winslow. He's, he's not, not even George Kittle. Well, again, <laughs> Jason Witten is is a solid pro who's played a long time and he's caught a lot of passes. But receptions to me are always deceiving. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I've never understood this. They rate receivers by catches, but they rate rushers by yards. I mean, isn't a catch really almost 
especially in a short passing game when you're tied in, it's almost an extended handoff. To me, it's always, what do you do after the catch? I don't know. What are you doing with the ball once you get your hands on the ball? I, mean, I, I see a I, lot yeah, of the catches. Last, TJ can explain. The last, I mean, the man five, a lot of catches aren't the last five to seven years, it's really been a controlled running game, the short passing game. For me, it's it's more so about are you making big catches in your games? Like, is it a third down catch? Um, when they know you're getting an option route, you they they know you have an option route. Defensive players are smart. If it's a certain coverage. You have to break a certain way in your option routes because a quarterback expects you to do this based on coverage. And, and so, if these defensive guys are smart, they understand that as well. Um, you said the problem with Jason Witten becoming the head coach of the Cowboys is that the guy's playing on the team. You're a like teammate if, one year, and now all of a sudden you're the coach. It's virtually impossible because I don't know Jason Witten personally, I've met him a few times. But if you had any type of problems with him on the team right now, or just certain things, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of animosity automatically. Like, why the hell is he the head coach? And how is he gonna discipline guys? Is that respect gonna be there? It's just that's Pandora's box, man. You're in that locker room. You you can't. It's hard from going to be a player in that locker room. As a colleague, now you're the head coach, you're in charge. You can't get up in front of that meeting and yell at guys and do this and that because you don't you're not you're not gonna have the power to cut guys. So if a guy comes at you a certain way, what do you do? How do you handle that? I mean, again We're peers. All right. Now so you're my boss. When Jerry Jones always is voicing his frustrations of why they're not in contention for, you know, Super Bowls and everything else. Look in the mirror, Jerry. <laughs> Once you got rid of Jimmy Johnson and decided this is my game, my team, you hire Barry Switzer. Talk to Troy Aikman. They should have won five straight Super Bowls. They were the youngest team in the league when they went back-to-back Super Bowls and you get rid of Jimmy Johnson, and he only won one of the next three. He should have won all five. five I will say, though, they do have— And they haven't been in a conference championship game since 1995. They, they have a great roster. What I will say about the Cowboys this year is they're overrated on defense. Their secondary is not very good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not very good in the secondary, and that's just that's just the reality of it. They're, just, they're not very good in the secondary. They're good up front. They're good in the linebacker position, but they're not very good in the secondary. All right, uh, J.K. Uh, Dobbins has just scored his fourth touchdown of the game. Justin Fields has four touchdown passes, 55-27 Ohio State. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. To tell us more about this blowout at the big house and everything happening on a very busy Saturday in college football, Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the great Ralph Irvin. Well, thank you very much, Steve. And yeah, that was a 33-yard run for J.K. Dobbins. Puts him over 200 yards rushing on the day. Four touchdowns on the contest. Justin Fields, 302 yards passing. He has four touchdowns through the air. And yeah, Ohio State, a 55 27. How many touchdowns has J.K. Dobbins scored without getting touched until he got into the end zone? Uh, That would be 63. (laughs) 
No, if he has four touchdowns on the day, and I don't think he's been touched on any single one of those runs except when he jumped into the guy as he crossed the goal line in this last one. Again, 55-27, 6.30 to play in this game, and the extra point, once it is kicked, would make it 56-27. Number one, Ohio State. They are cruising. Number four, Georgia. They are at Georgia Tech, and it's been all Bulldogs. 45-7 now. They lead four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Jake Fromm, 254 yards passing. He has thrown four touchdown passes in this game. Now, great news is a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Again, you just get it all at Geico. The final in, number three, Clemson. They cruise past South Carolina, 38-3. Trevor Lawrence, 295 yards passing. He threw three touchdowns on the day. When you look at these early games in college football, top four teams all involved now. Number five, Alabama. Number 15, Auburn. They're about to kick off, as are number eight, Minnesota, hosting number 12, Wisconsin. How could it get any better? Well, today and next Saturday left in the college football season. Let's look at how we can make the game better with Steve Hartman and TJ Hushmanzada. Always tough because, to me, college football is the best. But, uh, yeah, there's always ways to fine-tune things. By the way, Ralph Irvin says he has the answer. We'll get to that in a second. By the way, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So, uh, Iowa State kicks the extra point. 56-27 now, six and a half minutes to go. Ohio State on their way to what will be their eighth straight win against Michigan. That is Ohio State's longest winning streak ever uh, against Michigan. By the way, Michigan did beat Ohio State nine straight years from 1901 to 1909. And I think really... That will never happen again. uh, Well, probably not, although... Remember in the day, uh, I believe John Cooper was 2-11-1 as Ohio State coach against Michigan, which is why he got fired. But they lost, I think they've lost one game since then. Trussell was uh, like 10-1, 11-1. Uh, by the way, Ohio State uh, looking to revenge their 86 to nothing loss to Michigan back in 1902. Uh, Michigan still leads the series uh, 58-51-6. and All right, so there you go. A little rivalry news right there um tj i know you're a college football fan you're an nfl fan you're a football guy you like watching the games um the one thing i've always enjoyed about the contrast between the nfl and college football is that it's just that it's a contrast there are things that you do in college football that the nfl oh, they're coming around now you know you know we talk about the spread offenses eventually what happens in college fo- football filters into the NFL because of the kind of athletes that come out of college are suddenly raised on one system and they're not familiar with an NFL system. You got to make changes. Um, But when you look at college football, is there anything you think as we watch this week in and week out that could actually make the game better? Is there any formula to build on what college football already has for 150 years and actually make the game more appealing. That's tough. That that's a tough question. I mean, the, the only thing I could think of would be: Do you expand by two teams, the college football playoff, 
going to eight teams, you're always going to have a team or two that feels they got left out. <laughs> Whether you expand to six, eight, 10, 12, it doesn't matter. But maybe you expand two more teams. Uh, all right, let me play. I'm going to play out the Ralph Irvin scenario here. All right, I know this one well because he tells me it all the time. All right, so currently you have 130 FBS schools. We're going to cut that down to 96. And we're going to separate them into eight conferences of 12 schools. All right? And you're going to play an 11-game schedule with every single game within your conference. You're going to play every single team. No non-conference games, no intersectional games, and then you end up with eight conference champions. And then you have a true playoff where none of the teams have obviously played each other during the course of the year. So you've got eight, four, two, and then you have a champion at the end of the year. That's extreme. I can't do that. Okay, you can't do that. No, because there's teams that would lose a game in their conference that would be better than at least three teams in another conference that are going to the playoff. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you're getting the best teams from each conference, but are you getting the best teams overall? Okay, no, no, no. How about this? So we'll have one more game, and that will be your conference championship game. So in other words, you play 11 games. You play every team in your conference, and then the top two teams at the end of the year play in a conference championship game to decide who gets into the playoff. You look at the SEC this year. Right. And they're talking. You would have Alabama LSU, and LSU Georgia, in the championship game. Alabama. Right. Two of those teams are going to get in. In this theory that we're talking about, only one of those teams would get in. Yeah, but I mean, short term, you're right, but uh, the evolution of the game. I just want the best out. teams. I, I, I just right. want the best teams. Right. Um, okay, well, let's, let's play this scenario. I don't care scenario. what conference they come out of. Just give the best teams. Because so, when you get the best teams, that, that benefits us. We get great games. Interception by Ohio State. Let me ask you this. If Ohio State were to lose next week, if they were to lose the Big Ten championship game, is there any scenario you could see where they're not in the playoff? No. If Ohio State and LSU loses one game, they should get in the playoff because the team that beats them, they would get in with one loss. Whoa, 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 whoa. But you can't put everybody in. I mean, let's say say Minnesota beats Ohio State and Georgia beats LSU. Is Minnesota in the playoff? No. No. It so sucks. You, so you would say Minnesota beats Ohio State. It would be a one-loss Minnesota team, assuming they can beat you know Wisconsin. So if they have a one-loss Minnesota team, beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, you got Ohio State in the playoff and Minnesota stays home? Yeah. Wow. Minnesota, you can go to the Rose Bowl. That's a hell of a play for Minnesota, but right for a, and they beat UCLA. I remember. I mean, that's just that's yeah. just the reality yeah. of it. And people, if number season. one, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that that's not going to happen. Number one, but number two, if it did, I think anybody that's that watches college football like we do will say Ohio State is a better team than Minnesota. Right. If you say, let's go back to the theory I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's say name the top. 22 players on each team and then say name the top 22 players in that game period all 22 would come from Ohio State well let me ask you this then is Alabama better than Utah 
With, is Alabama a better team? With Tua Hurt, that's debatable. Debatable. With, debatable. And I would say... How many of the Utah players were the kind of recruits that would go to Alabama? But you... but. They got. I mean, them. you were just playing Listen, that out with when, Ohio when, State. When you when you have when you this is what I will say about Utah. Okay. Up front, they get it done. Mm-hmm. They have those Polynesians on the offense and the defensive line right. that can go and play on any team and start. They can start at SC. They can start at Alabama. They'll start at LSU. They'll start anywhere. And so up front, Utah they compete with anybody up front. That and you ask any coach in college football, Utah's front four and front five on offensive defensive line, they can start on any team. This is what the committee has to face. I mean, it, there's uh, the question is what's the right thing to do as opposed to what is most likely to happen. The Iron Bowl is ready to kick off right now. Alabama needs to, if they have any chance. Woo, that's some good weather. 75 in Alabama? 75, very little wind. Man, that's some good weather right now. Look at that crowd. They're ready to roll right now. Those Auburn fans are psyched Man, up. I thought it was cold over there in this time of the year. No. Man, T-shirts, no long sleeve. And here we are in old Southern California <laughs> With sweaters and jackets on. All right, so this Auburn defense that has not given up more than 24 points in any game this year gave up 23 to LSU going against Mac Jones, whose two starts are against the worst team in the SEC, Arkansas, and powerful Western Carolina. Three first-round picks at receiver, though. They do. They have you know, just superstars of receiver. Speed everywhere. All right. We're in the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll get you ready for the kickoff of this Iron Bowl. And what else to expect? Plus, plus, our upset special for a big Sunday of NFL football coming up next. Chris Davis is going to drop back into the end zone in single safety. Well, I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it. And run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the midfield goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl in the most unbelievable fashion you will ever see. I cannot believe it. 34-28. And we thought a miracle at Jordan Hare was amazing. That Andy Burcham via the Tigers Sports Network. It was six years ago. Chris Davis returning that missed field goal for the touchdown to give Auburn that unbelievable victory in the Iron Bowl. There have been a lot of big moments in this series. Uh, There are people, obviously, in Alabama that will insist the Iron Bowl is light years ahead of every other rivalry. Uh, And it is a very unique rivalry because it's in-state. And you know this, TJ. There's no professional football in the state of Alabama. So you got Alabama and you got Auburn. 
That's as good as it gets as far as a rivalry is concerned. That they're so close to each other. Yes. That's the thing is they're they're in such close proximity to each other and the best players on both teams for the most part that are from Alabama mm-hmm. were recruited by both schools. Uh guy goes to jail for poisoning the tree. Tree, absolutely. <laughs> so uh people take this game to heart. Hopefully we'll uh they'll treat us to a great game to see what Mac Jones has in store for us today. Well, well I'm tied. Yeah, roll tight. Now, right off the bat, uh, Auburn made a decision. They were at the 42-yard line of Alabama with a fourth and 10, and they would look like they were going to go for it. Instead, they quick kicked it into the end zone. So that didn't really work out, just a 22-yard net on the uh, punt. We have a deflected pass. What the heck happened there? All right, what are we watching here? The Purdue. Oh, look at that. It bounces off a Purdue receiver. His leg. And off his leg and caroms about about 15 yard lines down the field. And this is an overtime here for the old open bucket. It's meant for Purdue to win. All right, so right now they're in overtime, and Indiana leads this one 38-31. The old oaken bucket. So, uh, (laughs) all right, so Alabama has the ball first. want to thank the crew today, Iowa Sam, saying he's ready to go to the Holiday Bowl. His Hawkeyes. I'm ready, baby. uh, Won yesterday, even though Nebraska, they were trying to rob the. They were trying to uh, rob Iowa. Yes, he was convinced Iowa finishing 9-3. He thinks they got a ticket to San Diego in the Holiday Bowl, and if they do have a game down there, you will be there. Absolutely. I will be there with bells on. Guaranteed. And poinsettia. Uh, Colin continuing to learn every week, just one step closer to his goal of running the entire iHeartMedia empire. Uh, Ralph Irvin. Anytime Ralph is here, it is a great honor, a great pleasure to have the great Ralph Irvin in the house. And then there's Gavin, who uh, is looking like all smiles today. Oh, it's been a great He did day. not jump off the Hartman bandwagon after I got blown out of my pick. I gave him Clemson. Minus 27, he went with it, parlayed it with Georgia. Uh, now, it was that just those two games? Georgia and Ohio State. And Ohio State, an easy so cover all three well. of those. Look at that. Beautiful. Hope you bet big money. Hey, <laughs> just don't be like uh, Josh Shaw and get in trouble. Oh, no. Wow. No, no, this is oh. all so for me entertainment give me, purposes. Give me, give me 30 seconds on that situation. First of all, here's what I never understood. You can't convince me that no, that other players aren't betting on games, but all you have to do is just have a buddy bet for you, right? Yeah, like I he, mean, if, I mean, he you probably got is, caught with text messages. No, he or, had a player's card. Huh? Yeah. I, what was he trying to work up points for a discounted room? He actually uses players' card to make the bet. Oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> Look, if you're if you're a, an athlete and you want to actually bet on games, here's how you do it: you hand money to a buddy of yours and say, "Make a bet for me." Done. That's I mean, how he got caught. Really? Yeah. Man, some, I guess I'm never amazed anymore, yeah. man. But this is the same guy, remember, he got caught lying at USC. Yeah, yes. jumped off the he thing. Off he the lied yeah. about saving kids in the pool. When he said they, uh, saving, the pool. Yeah, kids. Yeah, he had to jump <laughs> out. Yeah, ankles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. man. So some guys aren't the brightest. All right. Uh, all right. Upset specials. Okay. Every week we make really bad picks for our upset. I'm going to hey, do Mac mine Hey, Jones first. looking good. Look at this. Alabama shushing. The crowd there at Auburn. All right, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, don't, if Alabama wins big today, folks, we're, next week when we're sitting here, all kinds of playoff scenarios. All right, upset special. I'm going to give you mine first. 
All right, you ready for my upset tomorrow? You want a game that's going to be an upset? Arizona at home defeats the reeling Rams. Rams going as a three-point favorite on the road against the Cardinals, who have been uh, not playing well as of late. Arizona and Kyler Murray beat the Rams, who are not fully recovered from the beatdown they got from the Ravens. There's my upset. I like, I like that. I, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with a game that is going to mean something. All right. That game means nothing. The Rams nor Arizona are yes. going to go to the playoffs. And I'm not – my last upset, I was I was money with it. By the way, yeah, I'm not I'm not so certain on this upset, guys. Right. But since I have to pick one, I'll go with the Texans over the Patriots. Wow, Bill O'Brien revenge game. All right, so New England's <laughs> a three point favorite hey, on the road. W- one of the assistants eventually got to beat <laughs> Belichick. One of them. Why, if you honestly, if you're NBC, why did you not flex out that game for the 49er Raven game? I have no. How idea. is that not the Sunday night game? That 49er Raven game. I mean, is I'm must happy because I'm doing the morning show tomorrow. We're yes. gonna have. Yes. I mean, we're gonna have every TV on one game. I mean, this. Can't wait. <laughs> are we watching any other game tomorrow morning, Gavin? Oh, I mean, so, seriously. So, okay, so we will isolate that. Well, game. unless All it's right. a blowout, but I mean, I don't. I don't think yeah. it's gonna be a blowout game. Who do you like in that game? I mean, the Ravens are six point favorites. I like. At home. I like the Ravens. Will they cover? Or will five that and be a half. closer game? Five and a half. They're, five and a half? Yeah. yeah if the Ravens win, it's a blowout. They'll cover. If they blow them out, if they do another blowout against a team like that, that defense, they can't be beaten. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.